What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, each and every week by my co-host, Lauren Auerbach. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Lauren. It's the dog days of August here. Uh, you know, we're at the point in the season where uh, the it's only the, the diehard fantasy baseball managers that are still uh, fully engaged. You've got uh, kind of the casual fantasy baseballers who are uh, already looking at football at this point in the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at football as well, so I'm on our site. But uh, we're also keeping up with the baseball, and we've got our new set of rankings out. Yep. Very exciting. I mean, we had to t- we took a, a little bit of break on the rankings uh, just because um, we were t- kind of turning our attention to football. We had to do some football notes for the site and do some rankings for the site. Um, and so we took a couple weeks off for the rankings. But uh, we're back now. And I think it's a good time to be back because I think that you can talk about kind of different strategies with, you know, we're in the middle middle of August at this point. And um yeah, like you said, it's just kind of winding down and strategies may be different. And, you know, like we're going to talk about some players. There's some players that have um, really kind of surged in these past couple weeks. And it's interesting to see, you know, how they do rest of season. And I think, you know, we'll talk about that in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that uh, at this point in the season, uh, you know, like you said, this was our first set of rankings in about a month. And so we have a lot of players who have changed their ranking very dramatically between uh, July and August. And that's really to be expected. And I think at this point in the year, uh, you're, you're trying to find players who are doing well right now. That's mm-hmm. the emphasis. You know, we're not uh, as much as we love to look at all of the stats um, in terms of regression and uh, expected stats at StatCast and uh, BABIP and all that stuff. Uh, the closer you get to the end of the season, the more you have to just sort of weigh uh, streakiness, hot being on a hot streak, you know, because all baseball players go through hot spells and cold spells. And if a player goes through a hot spell right now uh, here in mid-August, they could ride that right from now to the end of the season. So, uh, you know, if somebody's looking like Kyle Schwarber was looking uh, back in June, uh, you want that, you know. Um, that's the kind of thing that can really put you over the top uh, heading into uh, what what would be the fantasy playoffs in a head-to-head format or just the stretch run here in a rotisserie format. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that you want to be paying attention to hot streaks. It doesn't matter if you've heard about these guys, you know, if they've just surfaced. Some of these guys have surfaced, surfaced since the trade deadline, you know, where they've had kind of expanded roles on, on their new teams or newfound roles uh, themselves. But you want to look for hot streaks and you want to basically find anyone, you know, if you're chasing categories, I think that you just, it doesn't matter who it is, chase it. And, you um, you know, if you need steals, find a guy who's, you know, who, who can get on base, who's leading off. It doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't matter if it's a big name player. You know, that's what you're, that, that's what I'm doing right now at this point, basically, is, is category chasing and, and being realistic, I think, about where you are in the standings and what categories you can actually um, kind of move in and make a difference in. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I, I'm, I'm also just really, like I said, focusing on guys who are hitting well right now. I just, you know, in our league, I just picked up Frank Schwindel, who yep. uh, is such a recent uh, 
a merger that he wasn't even in our rankings this this week because it was a couple days ago. So, you know, really things are changing by the day. You know, I pick up a guy like Bobby Dahlbeck, who I still have some concerns about him long term because of his his strikeout rate. Uh, but he's crushing the ball right now, so I don't care. I'm going to ride that hot streak as long as it will last. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's just the kind of stuff that you need to do at this point in the season uh, to try to get over the hump. Totally. Totally agree with that. All right. So with that in mind, uh, I think, you know, philosophically, you tell me if you disagree, but um, when I approached updating my rankings, uh, I heavily factored that in. I really wanted to recognize players uh, who are doing incredibly well right now. Uh, and the, the first player that I would that comes to mind for that, for me, is Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. You know, and Joey Votto used to be a fantastic fantasy player. Uh, he's a, always been a very good real-life player. You know, he's mm-hmm. a very good defensive player. He's got a great eye at the plate, draws a ton of walks. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, his his value really plummeted um, the last few seasons because his power had completely evaporated uh, over 2018, 2019. Those two seasons, he didn't hit more than 15 home runs uh, despite getting over 600 plate appearances. Uh, And he also had a big drop in his batting average. You know, he used Mm -hmm. to be a regular 300 hitter uh, and that dropped in 2018 down to 284 and then all the way down to 261 in 2019. Uh, Then in the COVID-shortened season last year, uh, the power came back, uh, but the batting average went even further down, all the way to 226. And, you know, Votto's an interesting player because he's so smart and he studies the game so much, so he's constantly making all these adjustments with his approach. And it seems like some of those adjustments work well, some of them maybe not so well. Uh, But whatever he's doing right now is certainly working incredibly well because he has been the number one fantasy player uh, over the last month in all mm-hmm. of the game. And uh, so I had to recognize that in my rankings, and I uh, shot him up all the way to number 53 overall f- uh, f- for the rest of the season because I just uh, he's a player that has that track record, and he's do- doing great right now. So I don't see a lot of reason to doubt it. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that, one, we should just give Joey Votto his, his credit where credit is due. You know, he just hit his 2000, 2000th tricky little word there, 2000th <laughs> uh, career hit. Um, and he's just he's just been playing his best baseball, um, you know, recently. And I think since we last, um, you know, did the, did the rankings, you know, that's we missed his uh, nine home run uh, streak, you know. Right. And um, but, I, you know, he's talked about in terms of kind of changing um, – kind of his approach this this season and it's he's really selling out out for power at the expense of plate discipline you know he's always generally had a good plate discipline and even though he is just like hitting the snot out of the ball and playing really well right now he also has um you know 23.8 percent strikeout rate which is which is a career low for him and um or career worse i should say and mm-hmm. um so it's it's kind of interesting. He's talked about selling selling out for power this season. Um, it's working for him. And um, you know, like I said, if I mean, if you kind of go to uh, his baseball savant page, it's just a sea of red. He's got you know like a fifty two point three percent hard hit rate, um, and he's just it's just working for him. And um, you know, he's it's he's just getting on base. He's hitting the ball. He has a two eighty eight ISO, which is also a career best for him. And it's just this this move has has worked for him. And I think that it's 
we should all give credit to Joey Votto because I think, you know, after really kind of like the 2018 season, 2019 season, I think lots of, there were lots of fantasy managers that were like kind of left him for dead, just like, well, he's kind of done with, you know, and, um, but it's really been since June that he's kind of started to, to pick up and you see a little bit of the old Votto coming back and, um, you know, I think that he, he could very well put up, what is he, he's 26 home runs right now, um, you know, he could easily, I think, see 30, which would be, you know, his his highest home run since 2016. So um, I think it's great. I think that Joey, I love seeing Joey on this list. And he's he was our biggest kind of mover um, in our rankings uh, this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't actually shock me if he set a new career high in home runs. I mean, he mm-hmm. needs to hit uh, 12 more to do that. He had 37 mm-hmm. home runs back in 2010. If you can mm-hmm. remember back that far, uh, but it just would really take one more crazy home run binge like he he had recently, and he'll get there. Um, yeah. And you know that strikeout rate. You're right. It's it's the highest of his career, but mm-hmm. it's still really not that high in a vacuum. You know, compared to right. uh, most players across the league, that's a pretty reasonable strikeout rate. So right. um, his version of selling out for power is not the same as say Miguel Sano's version of selling out for power. Um, no, or yeah. Eugenio Suarez or something. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all, all aboard for, for Joey Votto. Uh, you know, I I have my doubts about next season. I mean, he could end up being uh, – uh, he probably won't be overdrafted just because he'll be 38 years old. But, um, you know, I, I, there's some cautious, op, uh, cautious uh, optimism with him, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, you know, you look at Nelson Cruz, there's, there's some guys that can just – continue raking into the their 40s but uh generally speaking you know he'll be a riskier player to look at next season but for the rest of this year i'm all aboard uh i'm all for what he's doing oh yeah totally uh so another player uh who has shot up the rankings uh is back from injury uh it's lewis robert uh the white Sox. uh this team it's just unbelievable i mean i really didn't expect that we would be seeing Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez as quickly as they came back. Uh, it, it's sort of medical miracles in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Luis Robert uh, has been excellent uh, in a very short uh, number of games since coming back. What do you expect from him the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, he just came back on on the ninth, so he's really only played like seven games. Um, but he's playing really well. You know, he's got a, you know three seventy five, four hundred, seven oh eight slash line. He's hit two home runs and had one stolen base in that time. Um, he's a little buried in the lineup right now. He is batting seven, but again, that that lineup is uh, pretty stout, and you can get really solid run production numbers there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has he has a pretty uh, decent history. I think that kind of rest of season, you know, I think that like on the season, I think he could he could you know be like kind of a, a 10, 10 um, I don't know, like maybe two two seventy ish or so um, batting average, um, which is which is solid. I mean, I think that he'll give you a little bit of pop at this point in the season, a little bit of speed. Again, like those run productions. Uh, the run production um, kind of uh, potential uh, is good, and and he hits for you know a decent average. You know he's got a two sixty eight um, career average. So I, he's someone that I think you can um, you know be confident in terms of you know plugging in your lineups. He's not really hurting you anywhere, um, and so I think that he's he's a solid add. And I think that. Um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we won't see a foot, you know, we can't see a full season of him, but um, I, I'm glad that he's back. And I think that he, he can, can be productive rest of season. Yeah. I mean, 
to me, that stolen base, it's only one stolen base, but it's key because, uh, you know, the guy's coming back from a hip flexor strain, which mm-hmm. is a pretty significant, pretty serious injury. And I wouldn't fault him if he just kind of took it easy the rest of this season on the base paths and mm-hmm. just tried to focus on, uh, you know, hitting the ball and not uh, necessarily on racking up the steals. But from a fantasy perspective, the steals are a really important part of his fantasy value because uh, he's not, you know, he's hitting 328 right now, but he's not mm-hmm. a 300 hitter. Uh, no. You know, he um, he strikes out probably too much for that. Uh, he did post some some impressive batting averages in the minors at times, but, uh, you know, I think he projects as more of like a 260, 270 kind of a hitter. So, mm-hmm. get, and even with the good run production, I think the steals are really the key. I mean, when he's going full speed, he's a he's at least a 30 to 40 stolen base kind of a guy over a full season. Um, and that's what gives that ca- that category juice that, that you want. So, uh, you know, seeing that stolen base, it's again, it's only one, but I feel like it shows that he's willing to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it might be a sign uh, that we're going to see, you know, a handful of steals the rest of the season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even more if we're lucky, but um, just – that's that's to me the thing that kind of pushes it over the edge in terms of the excitement level because I know he's going to score a lot of runs even batting uh, at the bottom of the order there in that lineup. Um, the power you know about is pretty solid as well. Uh, so it's it's really it's really the steals that um, push him into that upper echelon. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so some other uh, movers. We've got some starting pitchers to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Patrick Sandoval of the Angels, Eliezer Hernandez of the Marlins, and Max Freed of the Braves. Oh, and Logan Webb of Logan the Giants. That, that that magical team, the Giants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so all those guys uh, are pitching really well. Uh, you know, Hernandez, of course, just returned from the injured list. Um, Freed was really rough early in the season but seems to be on on a groove in a groove mm-hmm. i should say and mm-hmm. then sandoval and webb just kind of seem like under the radar type of guys uh how how would you rank those four uh pitchers rest of season and so or you know who's your favorite i um i really like logan webb right now but um so wait so it's we've got eliezer uh patrick sandoval webb and who else max freed Oh, Freed. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'd probably put, uh, I'd probably do uh, Freed, Webb, Eliezer, and uh, Sandoval, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that they're all, you know, these are all guys at this this point in the season. I think you, you can play them with confidence. Um, you know, Webb just um, came, he just came off of a, a great um, game last night. And, uh, you know, he's got, you know, a 292 ERA, 114 whip. And, you know, his um, his ERA estimators have him sitting around like a 3-2 mark. Um, you know, I've talked about this many times. You know me. I like guys that they can give you some uh, decent uh, K rates and also uh, ground balls, which uh, he does. He's He was big. Uh, Logan Webb. Logan Webb was a big uh, ground ball pitcher ever since the minors. Um, he's got close to a 62% uh, ground ball rate um, uh, now in the in the majors. Uh, his uh, you know 30.5% uh, CSW rate. So um, you know I think with him you have to go all the way back to May 5th to find a game 
you know, where he's allowed more than two earned runs. And when he did, that was at Coors. So um, that's that's pretty pretty good. And he's had like he's he's played against the Dodgers multiple times um, during during those uh, past eleven games. Um, so I think that he's someone that I would. Put, I, I roster him. I will put him in no matter who the, who the matchup is. He's got that good park, so that plays well for him. He's he's on you know a great team that gives you a lot of uh, of um, runs, and so he's got that win pot- potential, which you can't always um, you know, can't always bank on that. But um, all those kind of factors to me um, kind of line up as you know I absolutely trusting Logan Webb uh, here on out, no matter who the opponent is. What, who, mm-hmm. who are your favorites out of all of those? I think I'd, I think I'd have a pretty similar order to you, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, Freed, to me, has to be number one uh, mm-hmm. just because he has shown uh, that dominance before. It's it's not a new thing for him. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got a, a very good strikeout-to-walk uh, ratio, um, mm-hmm. and he's uh, in a uh, great situation, of course, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. a team that always seems to... Uh, get great performances out of pitchers, out of starting pitchers. Um, and he's just been really, really good uh, lately. So, uh, you know, he hasn't given up more than uh, two runs in, in any of his last four outings. And uh, he's not giving up a lot of base runners either. The strikeouts are there. He's striking out more than a batter per inning consistently right now. Um, so, you know, I feel like he's never been a player that I – fully fully trust uh just because he has he's sort of like a a poor man's uh trevor bauer in a way for me (laughs) uh Mm. just in terms of like the fluctuations (laughs) in his performances Uh uh not in terms of any of the off the field stuff of course right on Um, field on field exactly Mm -hmm. um so so there's a little bit of a trust factor there with me uh but as i said at the opening that's a much bigger factor for me at the beginning of the season when I'm looking at the entire year and drafting a player than it mm-hmm. is right now. Right now, I just want these guys who are going well at the moment, and I will ride it for as long as it lasts. And he has had these phenomenal stretches before. I mean, he was he was excellent last year. Uh, he was excellent in 2018 as well. Uh, you know, his peripherals have always suggested um, that his uh, ERA was a little lower than maybe it should have been. Uh, mm-hmm. But at a certain point, Maybe he's just that guy, you know, because there are pitchers that consistently outperform their peripherals as well. So uh, so he would be my top choice. But Logan Webb is right there. Uh, I agree because he's just been so good lately. And the Giants are a charmed team. And, you know, it's a favorable environment. All the all the all the points you said, I would agree with there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Eliezer Hernandez is a player that I really like a lot. I mean, I, I just it's only been one start since he's been back. So that's kind of the, the thing that yeah. pushes him down a little bit yeah. is we need to, we need to see that he can hold up and we need to see that, you know, he can go deep enough into games and all of these things. But, um, you know, he's just been incredibly impressive in a very small number of innings over the last two seasons. So, uh, we need to see more of it. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about him as well. And, and the Marlins have just been, a revelation in terms of developing pitchers. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about them before, you know, I, I think that they have like some sort of cheat code, you know, where they've just, they figure out, you know, uh, how to get 
you know, kind of the best out of these young pitchers and um, kind of turning our heads towards next season, I think a little bit, you know, that, um, you know, the, the Marlins rotation, you know, they, they, they just brought in, you know, Lizardo from the, um, from the A's and the, during the trade deadline. Now he hasn't really pitched well since, since he's moved over to the Marlins, but um, you know, looking at kind of the, the uh, next season, you know, when you've guy, when you have guys like Hernandez, you have Pablo Lopez, Alcantara, you know, you can add Lozardo to that mix and Trevor, uh, wait, I always say this is it Trevor Rogers. Yeah. You yeah. got it. Trevor. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, there's the, the Trevor and the Taylor and one other Rogers and um, I get them confused sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I think that the, uh, I mean, the Marlins, he'll have kind of this, I think the, you know, the off season and stuff to, you know, kind of see see where he, where he's at. I'm talking about Lizardo there, um, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I think that this um, the Marlins have a good rotation, and I, I yeah, the the downside with Eliezer is he's just been he just got called up, and so uh, kind of don't really know exactly uh, what we're going to get. But he definitely has the stuff, and he's got the talent to um, to do well. You know, and I think the same thing say with him and um, Max Freed. You know, they're they're both in the um, the NL East, and I think in terms of schedule wise, um, it's, I think it is it plays into the into your favor because it's not like the greatest um, the greatest uh, uh, division right now. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on some of those other Marlins pitchers you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're you're very high on Sandy Alcantara, correct? No, well I am, but I Pablo Pablo is my guy. Though. Well, I know Pablo. I was going to get uh-huh. to him too because I know you're uh-huh. also. Pablo is the one that I'm sort of confused. I, I'm wondering where you will land because I know that you are a huge Pablo stan, uh, mm-hmm. but also you're pretty cautious about injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think do you think he's uh, going to be able to make it back soon and make an impact the rest of the way? I think that he's he has been throwing off off the mound. Uh, the last thing I saw was that. Um, he could be back in a couple of weeks. So it sounds like they're not going to shut him down or anything. Um, and yeah, he threw a, a bullpen session on Friday. Um, and so, you know, I think we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where it's like, you know, I think that you had had hit, you had dropped him really far because uh, you were like, eh. Um, well, it's you know, because just, of the type of injury, the rotator cuff strain right, is I, I very know. concerning for a pitcher. And because you had the rotator cuff strain, you're the rotator cuff survivor, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, you've gone through, you know, you know what Pablo's going through, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yes, I mean, I think it's kind of a difficult thing to come back from, but they're going to try and I think it looks like they may give it a go and he may um, come back in a couple of weeks. Um, I think that if you roster him, though, I would still probably take a little bit of a wait and see approach um, just to see what, what you've got there before you kind of set him in lineups and stuff. But um, yeah, I think, you know, we talked about that, whether was it was he going to get shut down or not, and it doesn't look like he is. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't, you know, obviously I don't know how that's going to go, but I would do the, the wait and see approach with him. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, I, I think you have to prefer Ellie Iser over him at this point, just because he's already off the IL and he's already mm-hmm. had one good outing. Um, but in terms of like, upside for next season I really do like Lopez I just um I'm pretty concerned I I, you know it could be one of those things where you wait two or three more weeks 
and then he comes back and makes one start and it doesn't feel right or maybe even in one of his rehab outings it doesn't feel right and then they shut mm-hmm. him down you know that's definitely possible yeah. and yeah. the upside isn't that high because you're really only going to be talking about maybe three or four starts maximum if everything goes perfectly so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so for me he's still much more of a 2022 kind of a fantasy asset than a 2021 I wouldn't you know if you have an open IL spot I don't have a problem stashing him but it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be like I wouldn't stash him in a league without an IL spot yeah and I mean would you would you uh consider him like a keeper say for next year if you were in a keeper league I mean keeper leagues you know actually that's an interesting point um I this is totally off the subject but on Mm -hmm. Twitter I saw somebody post something about like why are there all these redraft podcasts and all these dynasty football podcasts but there's no keeper league podcasts Hmm. and to me the answer to that is because every keeper league has its own arcane rules and it's you can't make any generalizations about keeper leagues whether it's baseball or football because it just totally depends it totally depends how many players you keep it depends whether you have to give up a draft pick to, to hold the player um, you know, so it's it's really impossible to answer that question in a vacuum. Um, you know, in the mm-hmm. league you and I play in, where we keep six, I don't think he's a keeper. Uh, if you're in a if you're in a league where you keep sixteen, he's a keeper. If you're in a mm-hmm. league where you keep ten, I'd say probably not. Um, but it's close. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you know I I like him long term for sure. And if I had him in a dynasty league, I'd be very um, excited to to roster him. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, if you're in a league that only has like a handful of keepers, the only pitchers that you're really looking at keeping are these true proven aces, you know, uh, otherwise mm-hmm. it's not really worth it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I did want to hear your thoughts on Alcantara real quick, though, because, you know, me, I'm always going to be a little lower on him because of the strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got him pretty high in your rankings, I know. Um, is it just because he's kind of like a, a reliable accumulator, basically? I think that he's accumulator. He, um, like I say, I think that the what does he have like a twenty one twenty one point seven percent strikeout rate. Um, so I mean, that's not like super great, but I think with with your ratios, um, he's he has decent control over you know. I mean, well, he has a little bit of uh, of command issues, but if we're looking at, at you know kind of this season, he has a one fourteen whip. Um, you know, he gets the ground balls, um, and I just think that uh, yeah, he's he's this accumulator, and I think sometimes, you know, those aren't the guys that you necessarily are like targeting because they don't they don't wow you with with the strikeouts. And I know we've talked about this a lot. You know, it's like there are other other pitchers, say like a Marcus Stroman or something like that, where. Um, you know, where you're not getting a ton of the strikeouts, but you get the ground balls, you, there's some durability. And if you not switching over to Stroman altogether, but say, you know, as say, in, as an example with him, you know, he's someone who's like super durable. And so he gets those extra innings. So that makes up for a little bit of, of kind of the, maybe the drought or in, in, in strikeouts. So um, I think if, if, if the stuff's there, I think that it's good. And, um, so I don't I don't really mind having kind of one or, or two of those guys kind of on your team um, because I don't think that they hurt you necessarily as much in the strikeout department um, as I think you think that they hurt 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 you a little bit more than I do but um, I think it's just kind of all in all in balance and I think that he's he's 
a perfect person to throw into a, a rotation. Um, and if you have kind of other high strikeout guys, um, you know, he can kind of help you help you in, a, in other areas. You know, he has a 339 ERA, a 114 whip right now. Um, and, you know, his estimators are kind of like a, a mid three ERA. So, um, you know, he limits um, uh, some uh, hard contact and, um, you know, I, I'm perfectly fine with him. I, I, I do like him and I think that he can only um, kind of mature as, as, as we go on, you know, it's like, he's going into, I always try and target guys who are going into the, like their third full season, mm-hmm. um, and, um, who are kind of making a prov- uh, improvements across the board. And he has, um, in both kind of the strikeouts and walks, uh, home run rates. And so to me, I, those are what I kind of, what I look at as a kind of starter and he kind of fits those categories for me. Um, and so yeah. I think that he could just kind of build on that, you know, again, talking about next season. Um, I think that he could, he could be a really great pitcher next season. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the, the Marlins rotation in general next year. Yeah. No, those are all valid points. I mean, I think the Stroman comp is a good one. Uh, I, I personally just think that um, I'm more interested in a player like that. Um, later in the season than maybe mm-hmm. going into the season, like drafting, like, cause like when I draft, I like to draft for upside, you know, um, right. I don't like to draft sort of these like solid uh, mid, mid to late rotation types. I feel like I can find those guys later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is all a balance though. Uh, you, you know, I've rostered Kyle Hendricks um, mm-hmm. because he's just, I mean, this year has been a little bit of a rocky road for him, but I mean, generally he's such a help in the ratios that even though the strikeouts aren't great, I don't care because uh, he's an ace in the other categories and he's never going to get priced like an ace um, because of the lack of the strikeouts, you know? So, um, so I will roster a player like that, but it's kind of like the same thing as drafting a a known batting average liability, like a, you know, um, like a, a, Joey Gallo or something like that you know it's like you can do it you can construct a roster where it works but you have to work around it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas and the other thing is it really is format dependent because if you play in a points league uh like a a, um or a head-to-head categories league like generally speaking um those aren't you, you you're not hurt nearly as much by a guy who doesn't rack up the strikeouts in those formats. So like a a rotisserie, a standard rotisserie league is innings capped. And that's why the strikeout rate is so important um, for for me anyway, in in those formats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, let's move back to some hitters um, who are rising up the rankings. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is happening, but Jorge Polanco is suddenly like superhuman. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you, do you have an explanation for this? No, but I think that he's kind of like, he's kind of one of those, typically I view him as, you know, we talk about glue guys. He typically is someone that I, I think is always a good glue guy where he's, he's kind of not going to hurt you anywhere. Um, but he, I mean, he's, he's having, you know, a career year right now, you know, um, you know, he's got 21 home runs, 72 runs, 65 RBI and 10 stolen bases on a 270 average. Um, and it's really, you know, he's batting third, which is good. I think he, he's going to be pushing his career bests in home run. He's, you know, he's sitting at 21. Like I said, uh, his career best is 22. Um, and same thing with the stolen bases, you know, um, he's got 10 right now and, uh, his career best is, uh, is 13. Um, and, 
yeah, no, he's just someone I think think that you ride with it, and he's he's healthy this season. I think that he was having some uh, issues last year, um, and he's healthy now, and he's just figured it out and he is just humming along you know <laughs> like in in 2021 and i think that he's a big you know kind of like a, a big kind of cog in in this minnesota twins team this season and i love to see it because i love guys uh like that who can, who can uh do that and he's never you know it's not like he's someone that you never kind of think that that he's he's a good you know producer or something he always kind of gives you a, a, de- a decent batting average um you know his power has kind of gone on and off uh a little bit but yeah I think this is going to be a career year for him and uh you're certainly writing that uh rest of season um I mean he could end up being kind of like a you know 25 15 guy at, at, at the at the end of the year and you know he's he's doing it just um He's got a 309 career BABIP and he's sitting at a 284 at this point. So, um, you know, it looks like he's going to be able to maintain this rest of season and you should uh, be riding it like the Twins are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit uh, mind-boggling to me, though, because, I mean, he's got, nine home nothing... run- he's got nine of those home runs in the last month. I mean, yeah. th- this we're talking about a player that, you know, has <laughs> only hit more than nine home runs in a season once before this year or twice before this year so i mean it's just uh that's not that kind of power surge is really unprecedented for him but i think he was injured though i think he had been battling some injuries um you know like in 2018 i think he had some ankle issues um sure i mean i don't like i don't it wouldn't surprise me for him to hit 21 home runs in a full season but Mm -hmm. the fact that he has 20 home 21 home runs already is surprising to me um you know, I I I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly that like we should ride the hot hand and buy into it for now. Uh, I do think though that if you end up paying for this year's stats next year, I think you could end up being disappointed because I mean we're talking about a 28 year old uh, hitter who uh, you know I feel like we pretty much know who he is. Big mm-hmm. picture, you know, it's not, I, I, I there are surprises every now and again, but. Uh, generally speaking, um, I thought what he did in 2019 was sort of uh, a best case scenario, and now we're seeing that's not the, we're seeing an even better case scenario uh, this year. But uh, yeah, I, I, the steals are surprising to me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, yeah. you know, to already be a 10, uh, he didn't really strike me as a as a 15 steal guy, but mm-hmm. um, seems like he could get there now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I mean, I think that, you know, the takeaway there, I think you were right when you were saying, you know, you want to make sure that you're not going to pay for this version of Jorge Polanco next season. Um, right. Because I think that you probably will be disappointed. And, um, I mean, he probably wasn't drafted. I mean, and I think that, um, you know, depending on your on your league format, but, um, yeah, I think you just, that is something that uh, you, you kind of have to be wary of uh, next season. Yeah, but, but absolutely in the short term, I mean, all, all for it, you know. Like I have him ranked 132nd rest of uh, rest of season, which is mm-hmm. a pretty high ranking. I mean, that's higher than guys like Jesus Aguilar, who's like up near the league lead in RBIs, um, and AJ Pollock, who's been pretty hot himself and is uh, a proven uh, commodity and a mm-hmm. great offense. And Hunter Renfro, and uh, even uh, even Brandon Lau. So, uh, so yeah, I I totally would buy into it for this year. Ride the hot hand. I just uh, I do think that. It doesn't really change my longer-term outlook for him, I guess I would say. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't know exactly what is going on because a lot of his plate, his plate approach looks the same. There doesn't look like there's any huge, dare, like, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on with it, but you just, you just ride that uh, Polanco magic that's going on in Minnesota. Yeah. Another guy I know you really like, I want to hear your thoughts on a little bit, is Austin Riley, uh, mm-hmm. who's been awesome. <laughs> um, the the part of it that really surprises me is the, is the batting average. Um, he just did not strike me as a player uh, that had the profile of being helpful in that category. But he's currently mm-hmm. sporting a two ninety four batting average uh, after hitting uh, two thirty nine last year and two twenty six. Um, when he first got called up in 2019, mm-hmm. do you do you think that? I mean, I, I assume you don't think he's a 294 hitter. Do you? No, think, no, no, no. I don't. I don't think he's a 294. I mean, do you think he's a 270 hitter or is he a 240 yeah, hitter? I think he's like a two. Yeah, I mean, I think this was. You know, we've talked about uh, Riley uh, before, and um, you know. I think I had always had him ranked a little bit higher than you um, because I was like, oh, he's going to be like a, like a 30-plus homer guy. And you're like, yeah, but the average, and he's not really, you know, it's not, you know, he needs to be like bringing a ton, a ton in the others, those other four categories. But if he's kind of figured out the batting average, um, I, you know, I don't know, there's a talk, there's talk about, you know, he's just kind of matured at the plate. And um, I don't think that he's the, the 294 guy. I think he probably is more of like maybe a 260, 270 guy. Um, and I think that, um, say he's a 270 guy. I think, um, you know, if he's kind of figured it out a little bit more at the plate and you are kind of talking about a guy who is, you know, he's he's batting at the heart of the order this season. Um, it's a great lineup. Um, I think that he can, he's going to be giving you like, really he's going to be giving you solid like you know run production um to me uh, you know i think this is you could continue to see this and i think that you know next season um i wouldn't be surprised if this is if he continues this you know i mean is does this season for you kind of change your outlook a little bit in terms of how you would view him uh for next season a little bit, a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he has like his strikeout rate is not is not that high. Um, mm-hmm. And back in 2019, it was incredibly high. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, actually, in AAA in 2018, it was also very high. So I think there was real concern that he wasn't going to make enough contact to get the mm-hmm. job done in the batting average department. Um, but last year it was down to 23.8% K rate. This year it's a 24.7. Those are totally reasonable numbers for a guy that can hit, you know upwards of 30 to 40 home runs. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, the lack of any production in the stolen base category, if you play in a roto league, is is a bit of a concern because home runs are the easiest thing to get. And, yeah. it, you know, if the batting average, it really depends where it falls. I mean, if it's in that 260 to 270 range and he can hit 35 home runs and he's going to have good run production in Atlanta, I mean, that will definitely play, you yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. But if the batting average is more like in the 240 range, uh, that's going to reduce the the number of uh, runs and RBIs as well. Um, you know, so then it then he becomes a little bit more marginal to me. But mm-hmm. uh, I think he's just another one of those players where uh, I would totally buy into it for the rest of this season because he's going strong. Um, mm-hmm. But I probably won't. I I feel like there's going to be some people next year who are like 
really in on on Riley, if, especially if that batting average doesn't fall that much before the end of the year. I feel mm-hmm. like there will be some people that will look at his final numbers and be like, wow, this guy hit 290 with 35 home runs and 110 RBIs. Like, yeah. if, the, if something like, I mean, he won't get to 110 RBIs. Let's say he hits 290 with 32 home runs and, and 90 RBIs. You know, I mm-hmm. like, I think if something like that happens, then uh, there's going to be, especially just because of his age, you know, just heading into his prime, I think uh, I think there could be people that maybe overpay a little bit because I just think the margin for error isn't that high with a player with his profile. Yeah, you know, I was actually just looking at kind of his batting average splits. He's actually hit he's hit he hit two ninety nine in in April, three eleven in May. He had a down June at two thirty eight, but then he was at three oh nine in July and three thirty three in August. So, um, you know we're kind of looking at say five of those six months, he's hitting about 300. Um, so I don't know, maybe that would, I don't know, maybe he has figured it. Maybe he is a, a higher kind of average player than, than we're giving him credit for. I mean, his expected batting average according to StatCast is 271, mm-hmm. uh, which I think people should gladly take that. I mean, if he can hit 270 with the power that he mm-hmm. has, I think that makes him a viable fantasy option. I just think that, Right now, with a 294 average, we're getting a, a, like an unrealistic sense of what he can a be. A little bit, yeah. I, well, yeah. it's it's even beyond his ceiling. I mean, yeah. he's, I just don't like it, if you if you gave me uh, even odds on his batting average going down versus up the rest of the season, I would be willing to wager a hefty sum. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but yeah, no. I mean, I think that um, the days of looking at him as like a two twenty, two thirty hitter is over. I yeah. I think he's shown that he can at least hold his own in that department, and that makes him certainly a mainstay, a guy who's going to be uh, draft should be drafted on every in every fantasy league uh, going forward in future years. Um, it's just a question of is he going to be a consistent top seventy five, top one hundred fantasy asset or not? You know, and I think there he really needs to prove it a little more in the batting average department before I'm willing to sign on for that. I put him in, I would, I would be fine putting him as a top 100 player, you know, like I wouldn't. Yeah. Maybe top one. I mean, I have him, yeah. I have him top, uh, top 75 for the rest of the season. I just, yeah. um, I, I don't think I'll have him quite that high probably going into next season, but we'll see. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the lack of steals is really something that kind of, he's more kind of, I think top a hundred versus a top 75, I think. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other big risers that you wanted to talk about um, before we get into uh, uh, the shakers, <laughs> the the rankings droppers? Um, no, you know, I will actually, I will give, I, w- I would like to give some credit to, to Dan B. Swanson. This is also, I, you know, I know we've been talking about the Braves a little bit today, but, you know, he's also kind of been on fire and he looks like he's also going to have, you know, his best season <clears throat> of his career, excuse me. Um, you know, it just looks like everything's coming together for him, you know. Um, and it's really kind of since, you know, July 1st, you know, he's he's got a 315, 356, 589 slash line, 11 home runs and five stolen bases. Um, and, you know, we've also talked about him a little bit before. It's like, you know, can you buy into his power? Can you buy into his speed? Um, you know, that 24 you know, homers that he has now, it's, it's his career best. He's one stolen base away from a career best, you know, 10 stolen bases. And, you know, it's just one of these things where I know last year, and I've said this before, but 
you know, it was a shortened season, but it was his best overall season in 2020. He played all of the 60 games. He had 10 home runs, five stolen bases. Um, and while he posted a career worst, you know, 26.9% uh, strikeout, you know, he's been making improvements across the board for the past couple of seasons. And again, it's similar to when I'm like looking at when I'm looking at pitchers, you know, it's like his his ISO, his hard hit rate, his barrel rate, exit velocity. All of those things have improved every year since 2017. And it's always been a, a you know, a matter of when can he put this together? Can he put it together? And I think, you know, I mean, are you do you buy into Dansby Swanson um, in terms of kind of what he's doing and do you think it's something that, you know, he can kind of carry over uh, in, into next season? Yeah, I mean, well, I definitely buy into him the rest of this season. I've got yes, him at yes. 52nd overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, buy, I, I buy into him long term more than I do Austin Riley, um, mm. just because I think the profile has a higher uh, floor for fantasy relevancy. I mean, mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson, even... even um, in a down year will still be a worthwhile fantasy asset. Whereas Austin Riley, I think if he has a down year could be basically unusable. Um, you know, I just think Swanson, you know, it's kind of like his floor, like Swanson's floor to me is basically Jorge Polanco, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and his ceiling is to be determined. Um, I, I think we might be seeing it right now, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, he's a player that I still don't have a, a great feel for because um you know, he's 27 years old now. So to see that kind of um, power growth happening is interesting. And this, the sto- he's probably going to set a new high in stolen mm-hmm. bases this year as well. I mean, he's only one away, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and his batting average has, has jumped up, even though his strikeout rate has also gone up the last two years. So it's kind yeah. of a little bit puzzling to me. Um, but so I don't, I don't exactly know how great he can be um but but i feel like he's solidified his standing as a guy who um it's going to be sort of in that top 12 shortstop conversation year in and year out you know whether he can ever you know have that trevor story kind of breakthrough i i kind of am skeptical of i guess still Mm -hmm. but um in terms of just uh being a, a a guy who can be a starting shortstop in a standard sized league i think he's pretty much uh establishing that now yeah yeah and i you know as a brave fan i've i've enjoyed watching it but i think also um you just kind of seeing i always you know i think it's it's fun to to see guys uh doing really well and uh it seems to be kind of in the middle of that right now so that's fun too yeah absolutely yeah um but we can are, we can move down to the shakers if you oh like. yeah that'll be fun yeah. uh so yeah i mean at this point in the season with a lot of these guys that are moving down our rankings uh it's because of injuries or uh some some trade deadline fallout you know brad Mm -hmm. hand for example was a big Mm -hmm. faller uh this week and that's um yeah kimbrell as well uh wow that was just crazy. (laughs) We we (laughs) kind of covered that on the trade deadline show i guess yeah it's yeah it's just like real life that makes great, great sense, you know, for the White Sox. But for fantasy, it's like, unless you're in a save and hold league and you have both, like, you know, Hendricks and Kimbrell, it's just, yeah, it's, you know, Kimbrell went down down the ranks this season. Yeah, this a lot of closers did. I mean, Richard Rodriguez, yeah. Kendall yeah. Graveman, Yimi Garcia, all these guys who were in pole position to get saves mm-hmm. uh, are no longer uh, in pole position to get saves. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, of course, injuries to guys like... Uh, 
Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. and uh you know, you have Mookie Betts with his his mm-hmm. uh, situation not looking great at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Trevor Bauer news just yeah. uh, is, continues to be uh, disturbing, I suppose. Right. Um, yeah. Now, a couple guys who have come down more just based on performance that I'd be interested to get your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Mancini and Adalis Garcia. Garcia. Yeah. What, yeah. Do you have any faith in those guys to kind of get back on track in this final six weeks? Um, I don't for uh, Garcia. You know, I think we've um, kind of seen – he was just – it's like he kind of entered the season. It's like, whoa, Adolis Garcia, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's got 26 homers. He's got eight stolen uh, bases. Um, but he's really – you know, his production really kind of started to tail off in, in June, and it kind of fell off of a cliff in July. And, um, you know, it's like since the All-Star break – he has like a 171, 216, 343 slash line. He's stolen one base since uh, the 1st of July. And, you know, a lot of this, I think, comes down to his poor plate approach. You know, I mean, he's, he has a, a strikeout rate, you know, 31, basically a 31.1% strikeout rate. And it just, I think, kind of follows that if if he's, you know, he's not going to get on base you know, his his steals will dry up. His batting average will continue to go down. And it's continued to go down since since um, May. So I don't really have a lot of um, faith in him. In fact, I think that you could – I think he's you can cut him if he's, if he's still around. I wouldn't have a problem um, mm-hmm. cutting him in a lot of leagues. Uh, how about you? What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I actually wouldn't have a problem cutting him in a redraft league either because I really wouldn't have – a problem cutting almost anyone in a redraft league if they're mm-hmm. if they've been bad for two months in a row. I mean, yeah, we, there's if, if they've been bad. A rule of thumb: if they've been bad for a longer stretch of time than there is left in the season, then you can probably say goodbye. <laughs> I think that's probably I think that's probably a good rule of thumb. Yeah, there. we'll call that Andrew's rule of thumb. <laughs> I have to use that from here on out. There yeah. you go, <laughs> and Andrew's rule of thumb. Yes, yeah. yes, oh. um, but you know, longer term, I, I don't know. I mean. The thing that entice, the thing that sort of draws me back to him is that mm-hmm. if you look at his, I mean his his season's been very uneven, uh, but if you look at his where his numbers stand for the season as a whole right now, they're actually very very similar to the numbers he put up in the minor leagues with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So uh, I agree his his plate approach stinks, um, but you know I feel like he's kind of like trying to follow the like Javi Baez career path, the Javi Baez mm-hmm. path to fantasy mm-hmm. relevancy. Now, granted, there are not many Javi Baez's out there, so it's a difficult path uh, to go on. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I do feel like he's, he's one of those players where because he is willing to uh, be aggressive on the base paths and he does have that raw power, it's sort of like he's got this margin for error, um, and it's and if he gets on a hot streak where he's actually producing um, a palatable batting average, then all of a sudden he can have the kind of massive impact uh, that he had at the in the first half or first couple months of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I I don't know. I I don't like I said. I'm fine cutting him now. Um, next season, going into into drafts, I feel like he he could be like an interesting sort of late round 
dice roll pick. You just, you know, mm-hmm. lottery ticket. You take him, see if he starts the season hot like he did this year, you know, and ride it for a while. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, he's been going downhill a little bit. And I think if, if he, like I said, if he's still in one base since the beginning of July, uh, that kind of appealed to me with um, kind of him contributing um, on the base paths like that. I don't, I don't know that I have a ton of confidence in, in that. And so if you're going to be like a, you know, maybe a 240 hitter or so, 245, um, I, you know, I don't know. I'd probably be looking elsewhere personally. But, okay. I mean, he did steal um, 14 bases yeah. uh, in AAA in 2019, yeah. stole 10 bases in 2018 in, in AAA, um, 12 bases in 2017 in AA. So, but he's I mean, not he, doing it now, though, you know? No, but maybe, I don't know. I, I haven't looked into it enough. Maybe he has yeah. some sort of nagging injury or something. I, yeah. I, I think that. 10 to 15 stolen bases over a full season is is it still a reasonable expectation? Yeah. Uh, to oh, me, I think 15 is much, but I'd say 10. 10, 10 to 15, and I think uh, you know around 30 home runs. But the the question really is, does a player like this continue to get the playing time? To me, that's the issue because uh, when you do strike out as much as he does, you can have that kind of batting average that is just. Uh, unpalatable and that a manager mm-hmm. is just not going to put you in the lineup. Uh, we're also talking about a team uh, in the Rangers that are very much in flux and, you know, they could, they could have uh, a number of other directions that they want to go with in their outfield next season. So mm-hmm. I don't think, I think he kind of needs to turn it on a little bit before the end of the season to guarantee himself a starting uh, job next season. Otherwise, uh, you know, it could be a, a situation where he um, gets cut or, you know, becomes a part-time player, or gets sent back down, all sorts of things. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, to me, the, the playing time's the issue. I kind of feel like if you, if you know he's going to get every day at bats, uh, I don't have a problem um, sort of just giving him a chance and seeing if he, uh, if he can get on a hot streak. But I also don't have a problem dropping him um, when he's really slumping like he is now. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. Um, and then you, what, what about Trey Mancini? Oh, Mancini? Um, yeah, you know, he's really had a roller coaster season. You know, it's like every month he's either had like a good month, a bad month, good enough, good month, bad enough, yeah, bleh, bad month. Um, you know, he's got, you know, 20 homers and, you know, he has a 253 average. He's not, you know, really going to contribute in the stolen uh, base department. I think, you know, it's interesting. I think that, you know, in 2017, 2018, you know, and 2019, um, I think, you know, coming into the season, this season, we're like, oh, you know, we don't know what, what's, how he's going to produce. We, we hope it's, you know, he, he, he does well this season, because I think if you look at those three, th- those three seasons, you know, he's hit at least 24, four home runs. And in two of those three seasons, you know, he's got that 290 plus uh, batting average. So, um, you know, this season, you know, like I said, he's got the 20 home runs, but he's got a, a 253 batting average. And it's, that's not as appealing, um, even if it was like a, a 20, you know, kind of homer and they say like a 270 or something like that. Um, but I think rest of season, he could still push. Uh, I think he's probably 20, 25, maybe 30, but probably 25, 28, um, you know, homers. Um I don't know that I see him improving a ton in batting average just because he's fluctuated so much each month. Um, 
I think he's had a solid season, but I, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of looking more, I think like his, his 2018 where he hit 24 homers and had a 242 uh, batting average. Um, he's still kind of batting cleanup in Baltimore though. It is Baltimore, but um, he's still contributing. I think um, to me, he's a player that I would probably have on my bench and then I would put him, uh, you know, plug him in on, on days when other guys aren't playing probably. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Like, what do you think of Trey Mancini? Yeah, I'm a little disappointed because he got off to such a great start this year and yeah. he was such a great story after everything that he came back from. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it is that kind of thing where you see some a player do something once and you're like, okay, uh, I don't know if I can believe that or not. But when you see him do it twice, you're like, okay, this, this might be real. So that 290 plus batting average, the fact he had done it twice uh, was really uh, sort of interesting. But Mm-hmm. Uh, now this year, I think just seeing it drop back down, um, it it sort of leaves me feeling like uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that was a little bit of rose colored glasses to think he was mm-hmm. ever gonna uh, be that two eighty two ninety kind of a hitter. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I, that being said, I'm not sure there's a ton of difference between Trey Mancini and Austin Riley. I, you know, I think they're similar type of players, honestly. Um, I just think Riley might have a little bit more uh, power upside, I suppose. But, uh, you know, um, Mancini did hit 35 home runs in 2019, so mm-hmm. he's no slouch there. Um, right. Neither one offers anything in stolen bases. They both should be able to drive in a lot of runs, um, you know, uh, Riley based on team's context, uh, Mancini based on just home ballpark and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really trust the batting average at this point too much with either of them but i think that they're they're not going to be liabilities there so you know going into next season i feel like mancini he's going to be a late round pick at this point and uh you know he could end up being useful but it it just depends we won't it won't it's he's another one of those guys where i'm like i don't mind taking a stab on him and seeing if he starts out the season hot but um as far as this year goes i i don't feel like he's a player you need to be holding yeah, I agree. And I think part I think we both had this same sentiment where I think that he I thought of him as being kind of under possibly undervalued this season and he was worth a flyer because he could have been I think uh a steal, you know, at where he was going in drafts. So, um yeah, I think I I've got the yeah, you covered it. I've got the same kind of view um as you on Mancini kind yeah. of next season and and for the rest of this season. All right. Well, let's hope he can turn it around because I definitely yeah. root for the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you not? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it there. Uh, thanks, everyone, as always, for listening to the show. Uh, as as we mentioned at the top of the show, we have new uh, rest of season rankings uh, up on our site, rosrankings.com. Uh, so definitely give that a look. Uh, we're continuing to, to churn out uh, the, the content, either uh, movers and shakers articles or waiver wire pieces each and every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can find me at LK Auerbach. And if you can rate and review, subscribe, like all that fun stuff, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. We will uh, talk to you next week. See you later, guys.
You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.